episode 53 rounding third the baseball podcast we are back james with video now pretty exciting going to talk about the all-star break the home run derby the game all the news surrounding juan soto plus lock of the week and sunday night baseball pick them don't forget to follow us on twitter rounding third now follow us on instagram rounding third podcast let's get into the intro today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. break since the season started uh with full week between episodes because there wasn't a lot of baseball going on other than the all-star festivities which were pretty awesome um what did you do to kind of enjoy the all-star break all-star weekend well let's see for all our all-star break if you will i actually uh went to a conference in louisville kentucky so that was not super fun but still got to catch up on some of the baseball some of the festivities by the way looked awesome the celebrity game was pretty sweet you had hunter pence with the uh weird giants flex bum washed don't want to talk about it um but just all around great weekend looked like a blast in la wish we could have made it out there the goal sometime eventually will be there for the live coverage at the all-star game um but it was a great weekend i thought the event was really good and we'll we'll talk about it more but Pretty enjoyable break on our end, or at least on my end of the break, but I'm ready to get back into it, and uh, glad baseball's back. Yeah, games today as we're recording this July 21st, some kind of weird in-between doubleheader games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really good all-star break. Um, the red carpet stuff's always fun. I, I kind of feel like the MLB does it better than most sports, especially the game itself, because it's actually competitive, right? Like, Sure, they are constantly switching who's playing and who's pitching, but NBA, there's like no defense really, and it's just kind of alley-oops. The NFL, the Pro Bowl doesn't even count, um, and I don't really follow the NHL All-Star game at all either. So I, I really like the MLB All-Star game, and I thought the Home Run Derby was excellent as well. Yeah, on that point, and I will say the NHL, what they do now is a three-on-three competition, so literally not the game, and that's what makes it so special. In the Pro Bowl, they like don't hit, they don't touch. Baseball, it is the game of baseball. It, it is the game. Everyone's going maximum effort because your risk of injury is pretty low. You just have the best on either side. Um, so it was great. Home Run Derby was a blast. I could talk about that for 20 minutes. This whole conference was talking about it. Um, I mean, let's just get right into it. To me, story of it, I mean, we obviously, a little Albert shout-out has to be coming from you, but Julio Rodriguez, the future of baseball. For anyone who didn't know his name before this All-Star break, everyone's on alert. Everyone knows him. Absolutely insane first round. Uh, absolutely insane finish. You know, didn't win the thing, but as a rookie, put up 81 home runs. Wow. I mean, that it was a special performance. Yeah, I, I was rooting for J-Rod the whole time. I was in a pool and had him, um, and I, I thought I had it locked down. I mean, he put up 30-plus in the first two rounds. Just, I don't know, kind of lost some speed in the third round, and Soto was able to take it down. But, I mean, he put on a show. 
He's 21 years old. Um, youngest guy in the field by far. Well, I guess Soto is 23, but youngest guy. Uh, keep in mind, Albert was in the field who's twice his age at 42. But J-Rod was incredible. Easily the highlight of the first two rounds. Um, but Albert, though, I mean, huge underdog. Not, I mean, obviously huge underdog for the whole thing, but huge underdog against number one seed Kyle Schwarber. Don't know why he's number one seed. Um, but Albert, you know, 13 home runs in the three minutes didn't get the extra, or did he get the extra full minute? I think he only got an extra 30 seconds. Um, and Schwarber just wasn't able to hit any home runs. Everything was a line drive or a pop-up, and it ended up going to a swing-off. And it looked like Albert was, like, not ready for this. He was like, I'm coming in to do one round, you know, I'm old, I'm just going to take it easy. He had a towel over his head. He has to come back out for the playoff, one-minute playoff, hit seven home runs in the minute. Just absolutely insane performance there. Yeah, it was awesome, and I think most baseball fans, most non-Cubs fans, loved it just for the game, you know, and for him to get that win. I don't think anyone expected him to win any round, certainly not the entire Derby, but it was a pretty fun storyline that we got there. Uh, and last thing that I thought was mentionable was that Ronald Acuna's pitcher, like, hated him. I mean, he was throwing Mariana Rivera cutters, dot in the corner. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's shredding him, like, tossing us just ridiculous it's like man i would yell at my pitcher if i'm him be like toss it underhand or something what are you doing the only other thing is pete alonzo kind of i mean he was dominant the past two years and he always he does so there were videos of him like deadlifting between the first two rounds and uh he was like meditating which you know that's great he got he's got to get in the right mindset but he did not come out and perform really well past two years he was putting on a show but he just got blanked who did he lose to did he lose to uh julio in the second round yeah yeah j-rod yeah j-rod got him uh so you know i thought that was good again the meditating i kind of get get the mental right the deadlifting like image video it's just like what are you doing and first of all can someone kick him out of the dodgers weight room like get out of here you bum it's all-star weekend like like what are you doing um but I thought it was a really entertaining home run derby, one of the better ones we've had in a while. Um, I agree. And then the game, I mean, the game was something special. Unfortunately, Tony Gonsolin thought he was pitching the home run <laughs> derby in the middle of the all-star game, just giving up bombs, bombs, bombs. Um, but it's okay. Regular season stats are still good. It was a fun one. Had some excitement. Now, Max, I have to ask you, Big old manager Schnitt was running the NL program. You had Ronald Acuna get three at-bats in that lead-out spot. Goldie, I think everyone's consensus, you know, first half of the season NL MVP gets one at-bat. Yeah. Luckily got a hit out of it. But what are the thoughts there? How, how are we feeling? This is something I absolutely wanted to bring up because it was driving me crazy watching. Um, obviously, Snicker, the Braves manager, was managing – the all-star team because he's the reigning world series champion, but the bias was so annoying. I I'm pulling up the stats now. Cause I had to like the tweet cause I saw it, but out of the entire NL roster, Acuna had three at bats, right? Austin Riley, two at bats, Swanson, two at bats, Contreras, Darno had one at bat. And if we're counting X Braves from last year, Jock Peterson had two at bats and Freddie Freeman obviously had an at bat. 
Um, so, you know, whatever. I, I didn't like Acuna having three at-bats. There are so many people on the roster. And also, why are you pulling Goldie? Like, he, he hit the two-run home run, the only two runs for the National League. Um, and also at that top of the NL lineup, you had you started the game with Acuna double, uh, Mookie single, Goldie home run, Trey Turner got a single after Machado grounded out. They got four hits in their first five at-bats and didn't get another hit until I think the seventh or eighth inning. So, you know, he's got, he wants to do it for his guys, which I understand, but it, it did just seem like let's try to get a little more rotation here Acuna doesn't need to bat nobody needs to bat three times in the all-star game because of how many people they have but overall I mean I thought it was a great game uh it was, it was kind of slow at points you know like I said the NL didn't get a hit for like six straight innings um and your boy Gonsolin who's 11 and 0 no losses on the season gets the loss in the all-star game after giving up two bombs back to back but I was I was entertained. They they did a lot with the mic'd up stuff, which was interesting. It was definitely entertaining. Now I will say, like I'm fiercely competitive about it because I'm a big National League guy. Um, so for so long, it's been the World Series and that. And now to me, it's a little less competitive between the leagues because the DH rule. Because to me, the DH rule kind of set them apart and made like, okay, well, what's better? What's going on here? Uh, so super competitive, got the wrong result there for the home team. And I believe we both actually picked the National League to win. Um, but we both said it's it's kind of a toss-up when you're that good. My only other gripe, and I don't have a gripe with this, but there are, by the time we are done with all the replacements, there's like 95 All-Stars, um, more or less 20% of the league. But the fact that Will Smith from the Dodgers did not get in and you had Travis good old Braves Travis in there who is worse than Will Smith and about any singular way you could judge the catching position uh, this season, which is what the all-star game is. So I don't know. I get there were a ton of Dodgers, but it's like get Freddie out of there and get Will Smith in. Cause Will Smith actually like legitimately deserved it. He was arguably the best catcher in the national league. Definitely the second best, but you know, I'll get off my pedestal. I still think Tommy Edmond should have been there too. I mean, the only players with a higher wins above replacement are Sandy Alcantara, Arenado, Otani, and Goldie. Um, but, you know, not everybody can get in there. But yeah, with like 20% of the league getting in, you'd think that, you know, some players should get in and over others. And I think it plays into that whole every team gets one all-star rule, right? Like, if, if you actually did say the best 90 players, obviously these guys are on the list, but... It's just how it shakes out. Um, I, I, I thought overall the game was entertaining. Uh, I think I liked the jerseys a lot. I, I'm still on the side that I wish they went back to everybody wore their team's jerseys out on the field. I kind of like that. But I thought these jerseys were pretty clean. Um, I was pretty pumped with Goldie hitting the bomb. That, that It got me pretty juiced up in that first inning. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much more to say about the game itself. Stanton, MVP, deserved it. Goldie would have won it if the NL won. Stanton hit an absolute bomb. So, you know, he deserves it. But overall, it was fun. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. The, the All-Star break is always so nice just because, like, there's kind of no edge. All of the, the baseball community on Twitter is kind of locked in, just having a fun time. Everyone's got at least their one guy to cheer on. 
no matter how bad they they and undeserving they were, but they all get in. I agree with you. Jerseys were awesome. Um, I actually was a big fan of these designs. And one thing I did like in the charity softball game, which had some insane graphics coming out when Bad Bunny's getting pitched for by Vlad Guerrero and uh, David Ortiz, but the fact that they did Los Angeles versus Brooklyn was so cool to me. Um, so I don't know. I personally had a ton of fun with that concept. Um, not many other places you could do something like that. But all in all, great weekend. I thought it was a great weekend for baseball. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, with that being said, though, Max, go ahead. I kind of don't know what to do when the Dodgers aren't playing. So having like five days in a row without them playing, I get so confused. So very excited to have regular season baseball back. And for the Dodgers, getting to host a home series first, San Francisco, uh, dream come true. I got my broom ready. It's going to be a fun four games. Yeah, that starts tonight, 10 p.m. on uh, ESPN. Uh, I'm excited for that. Got to wait a couple more days for the Cardinals. They're uh, playing in Cincinnati. Cardinals, though, interestingly enough, 70% of the rest of their games are against teams sub 500. So, you know, that's pretty good, pretty good looks for a team that's not in the playoffs. But we'll be there once we got one Soto, too. Um, which I guess we could just go to that. The home run derby champion, Juan Soto, um, declined a $440 million contract with the Washington Nationals, his current team, basically saying he wants to play on a more competitive team, right? He said that in the offseason. His agent, Scott Boris, said he wants to be on a team that is showing that they are trying to win. Nationals obviously aren't. Soto, though, already won a World Series with them. So, you know, he's already leaving Washington with a ring. Seven teams I've read have already reached out to the Nationals camp for deals or what it would take to get Juan Soto. Those seven teams are the Seattle Mariners, San Diego Padres, San Francisco Giants, Los Angeles Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, New York Yankees, New York Mets. All, you know, you got all the big spenders in there, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, um, the Cardinals with a huge core of young players that they can look to trade. Mariners obviously are trying to, I mean, they're on a 14, 15 game win streak. They're trying to make the push. Padres maybe need one more huge star to pair with Machado and Tatis. And the Giants, I don't really know what to say about that. I I don't think he ends up there. But I mean, James, why would you want to go there? How do you feel about this? I mean, Soto's obviously he's 23 years old. He's younger than Adley Rushman, who was the number one prospect came up this year. He's already got a World Series. He's already got over 100 home runs at the age of 23. Are you in the camp that you just do whatever it takes to get him? Or are you just, you know, let's let's uh, make a deal that we can afford. And if it's not right, it's not right. Are you speaking about the Dodgers particularly? Yes, the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Yeah, for the Dodgers, it definitely is one of those where it's a, you're a little bit more restrictive because the need isn't there. Look, don't get me wrong. Juan Soto is a freaking incredible player. He would be the best player on that team, not named Marcus Lynn Betts. But, look, you have a lot of really good pieces. Your lineup is already the caliber to contend for a World Series. It all comes down to what the ask is. I saw a proposed trade on Twitter that could align. It was about four or five prospects, Gavin Lux and Dustin May. If you can hit that, sure. If you can keep 
their starting rotation as we know it and most of the team together sure i'd love to do it for freddie freeman that would be my dream come true but he's got a no trade clause and they're obviously not going to trade him but uh, you know the whole time since since he declined and the nationals said okay now we're gonna trade him it's very public knowledge he's gonna trade i don't really like not that I don't want it, but I don't think what they'll have to give up is worth it because they won't get that much better. Now, your team, on the other hand, in my opinion, is the front runners. I think they have the pool of talent to do it. And I think if you plug him in with the season that Goldie and Nolan are having, that is a terrifying top of the order. You know, now again, if they do that, you probably still want to bolster pitching, but yep. I, I like him to go to the cards, Max. Yeah, so there are a couple things. One is a lot of people have said that the Nationals would like to pair any Soto deal with uh, Patrick Corbin, who is the Nationals pitcher who they still owe, I think, like $60 million after he signed some crazy deal in 2018. And since then, he's been like the statistically worst pitcher in the league, given a certain number of qualified starts. Um, so they would like to package them together. But yeah, it seems like the Cardinals are definitely up there. And I think we absolutely could make a package that would make it worth it. I mean, we've talked about all the young players, all the rookies we brought up this year, Donovan, Yepes, Gorman, um, and, and even other young players that have been playing. Dylan Carlson's only 23, I think. O'Neal, Bader. And plus, you've got... Jordan Walker. Still, Jordan Walker. I was going to... So, I'm kind of in the camp that... Jordan Walker's untouchable. We don't trade him for Soto no matter what. I mean, this dude is primed to be an elite, elite player. He's homegrown from, or not, I don't know if he's from St. Louis, but he's been in the Cardinals system. He would come up, we would have him under control, and he could be, I, w I don't want to say just as good as Soto, but he is primed to be a star in this league. I don't want to trade him, but... I think I'm a little more liberal than a lot of people in terms of what I would give up to get Soto, because in my opinion, the Cardinals are what's kind the, of in a... What's the untouchable list? What's your untouchable list? So uh, excluding guys that won't be traded, like Nolan and Goldie, they, they won't be touched. Um, there's not many people there. I, I think Jordan Walker's untouchable in my eyes. Uh, I really wouldn't like to give up Tommy Edmond. He's untouchable in my eyes. Um, but after that, like Tyler O'Neill could go, Bader could go. Uh, I I really really love Dylan Carlson, but you know this is Juan Soto we're talking about. So I'd give up him. Throw in Liberador, right? He's been in the mix. I don't really want to give up Nolan Gorman because he's so young. He's already shown so much pop in his bat. But at the same time, it's Juan Soto. So. There's kind of two camps I always see on Cardinals Twitter, just baseball Twitter. It's like half the people are like, well, we don't want to give up Gorman, Carlson, O'Neill, Bader because they're our core and they're all young and we can grow as a franchise with them. But at the same time, Juan Soto is like a once in a generational athlete. If you could somehow guarantee that he would stay for a decent amount of time, right? You don't really want it to be some two-year rental player and then he's gone, and now you don't have anybody. Um, but I, I would give up a, a lot of those guys to get Juan Soto because right now I feel like the Cardinals are in a kind of a mode where Goldie is having his best season of his career. Arenado's still Arenado. If you put Soto on this team 
and maybe enhance the pitching in some way, this is a team that is going to compete for a World Series. And right now, the Cardinals need to make the playoffs. I mean, there's really no doubt about it. They have too much talent to miss the playoffs. Uh, also, coming out of the NL Central, you mentioned that every team basically that you play from now on is borderline not a qualified baseball team. So, cheers there. And again, I think people forget this because Soto's been a household name in the league for four years. He's 23 years old. Juan Soto is a prospect in himself, just one that's won a World Series and has 100 home runs. So, he's an incredible bat. Again, uh, I was kind of surprised to see the Dodgers go right after him. Makes sense all the big-name yeah. teams are there just because they can sign him, do that to the half-billion-dollar extension. But I'd kind of like him to go somewhere not – you know, like I think St. Louis kind of a perfect destination. They're, you know they're going to be competitive. They're always going to try and win. Let's them really do some unique stuff rather than like just pit on the pinstripes or even the Dodger blue. And, again, now if you can get Freddie Freeman off the team and get Juan Soto on, like – I will build a statue of Andrew Freeman outside my apartment right now if he can figure a way to do that. I don't think he has any interest, but Juan Soto. Also, real quick, Max, I want to go on a little bit of a rant about how garbage the Washington Nationals organization is. The organization, not the fans, not the players. I actually like the thing, but the actual, the, the manager, the owner, because in light of them being upset that Juan Soto declined their offer, which, by the way, was a huge offer, $440 million, 15 years. But on a per-year basis, he would have been making less than Corey Seager. And I love Corey Seager. He signed that baseball. But Juan Soto needs to be making more per year than Corey Seager in any world that is right and just. Um, so there is some reasons there, again, the competitiveness. If they sign Soto to 440, they basically won't pay another player above league max. But in light of all that, the Nationals did not charter a flight to Los Angeles for Juan Soto, who participated in the Home Run Derby, obviously a National League All-Star. And won Instead, it won the Derby, by the way, which they should get. He won it in a Nationals jersey. They should get no credit for because they made him fly commercial. They, he said he got in at 1.30 a.m. local time, and then that following night, so Friday, 1.30 a.m., or sorry, Monday, 1.30 a.m., prior to the home run derby. But the fact is, even if you're at wit's end with the guy, you're upset he's not going to accept your extension. He won your franchise a World Series. Even on his way out, he's winning a home run derby in a season that has been absolutely terrible because of your lack of any other talented players. He's out there winning home run derbies, giving the fans even, you know, one night where they can be excited. Nationals can post. They're excited. They have something. The team's posting about it, and you couldn't even fly the damn dude out. I mean, it's pretty disgraceful, and it's just bad management he's going to the all-star game where he's going to be talking to the best players in baseball and when they're like oh how is your travel arrangements oh by the way the nationals if you don't bend the knee and do exactly what they want they stop treating you like a player even if you win them a world series just a bizarre message to send around and of course it got reported like you made Juan Soto fly on southwest what are you thinking yeah, and I like what you said, like that he won them a World Series because it's not like he was just there for a couple years. They didn't really do a lot of winning, and then he's out. He won them a World Series. I mean, that wild card game in 2019 against the Brewers, he hit the go-ahead double at the end of the game, right? Like he was pivotal in them winning the World Series. Um, 
But I, I want to kind of throw something back at you because there was another player that this happened to, Blackburn, Paul Blackburn from the Oakland days. He was planning on flying commercial and your favorite franchise, the Houston Astros, picked up the bill basically and said, come fly private with us. So how does that reflect then on Houston as a franchise? Does that sway your feelings at all? It tells me the American League is soft. They're not competitive. I mean, what are we doing flying out rivals? If I found out the Dodgers flew any San Francisco Giants into the game, I would lose my mind. I the would A's freak like out. Three wins. Well, I, I mean, I get that, but I mean, you're talking AL West. Uh, I'm not rolling out the carpet for anyone in the National League West. I don't care if they're there. In fact, I wish they weren't invited to Dodger Stadium. So I'll say, I mean, nice move. Again, a little too late if you're going for like we're a good, moral, nice people franchise. You cheated the game. Not great. No morals. Very low ethics. I guess it was nice. I feel like that's weird, though. You just got off a series together, and you're like, hey, just come hang out. But again, they're all MLB players. You know, you're off the field when you're not playing, I'm sure play cards, hang out, you know, they're closer to each other than any of us are to them, you know? And so I guess kind of, I'm not going to say a classy move because that word does not belong with that organization. Kind of a nice move. My competitive fire, I don't necessarily get it. I have nothing but hatred for uh, NL West rivals, you know, I no interest in, in helping them. But so two kind of private jet charter public situations, one good and one, the Washington Nationals, just proving once and for all joke of an organization. Literally so, not flying one Soto out. One other thing I want to say about Soto, though. So we talked about the Cardinals and Dodgers. There are a lot of other teams on that list, though, which I think some of them deserve kind of questions. One that I'm really interested in and I think have maybe a, a dark horse chance at, one of your division, you don't like calling them rivals, but division uh, contemporaries. The San, Di San Diego Padres, um, I, I think they might have a sneaky chance here. They already have Manny Machado. They already have Fernando Tatis, two of the most electric players in baseball, getting another young electric player, combining with a pitching staff that's done pretty well all year and a strong cast of characters around those th th what would be those three in Cronenworth, who is an all-star, um, I think they have a sneaky chance, and I, I honestly can just kind of picture Soto in those gold-gray uniforms, and I, I think it's possible he ends up there. He would look good. The team would be electric. The one big pushback I have is if they get Soto, Jake Cronenworth is going to be a Washington National because yeah. you assume they're not trading Machado or Tatis. C.J. Abrams, their number one prospect, stud infielder, middle infielder, He's gone. I mean, he's the centerpiece of the package. You have to send Cronenworth because they're going to ask for someone who can be MLB ready. Because, again, Soto's the really the only MLB ready player on the Nationals. Um, we'll see. Maybe they toss an arm in there. I don't know. if, if I think it's got to be Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and Cronenworth if you're doing it. I mean, if you're doing those three for one, maybe taking Corbin back. Um I mean, it's going to have to be a pretty serious package uh, for San Diego to get there. And again, the bad news is Soto could go there. I'm a big Soto fan. Uh, they still could not run the National League West. I'm not sure there's anything that the little brothers can do to become relevant in the National League West. Um, yeah, yeah. 
The, I mean, the other teams they mentioned, the Giants, I don't see it. Mariners, I, I just don't see it. Um, You'd have to get J-Rod in there, and why would you do that? I mean, I, I like Soto, but, like, keep J-Rod. That, I don't that's think J-Rod would be in the deal. I think J-Rod's untouchable for the Mariners. I think they would find another way to do it. I, there's, there's just absolutely no chance that the Mariners would trade Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, so I guess maybe tie France. And, and I think Yankees, I'm not sure there's much there that they would send back that would make the deal make sense unless they basically unload their farm system. Jason Dominguez, I uh, can't forget they have another really good prospect there, maybe one of their outfielders. But the Mets, to me, could also have a sneaky chance. They have enough, enough decent guys that they basically could trade everyone's favorite all-star, Jeff McNeil, and a couple other pieces, prospect. Um, I can't forget they have a ridiculously good shortstop prospect, like top 10 in baseball. Um, he could be in it. So if the Mets do it, that's dangerous too because Cohen will sign him to a $600 million right. extension. And then if you start looking at that team – Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, obviously with that ridiculous, ridiculous pitching staff. That is a terrifying team. That's a team you don't want to – I mean, wherever Soto goes, anyone on that list, if you add Soto to the team, they instantly drop, jump to being a top three World Series contender probably. Oh, for sure. And the, the other team on the list, the Yankees, maybe. I don't even want to think about what that would be like. Um, but it's a possibility, of course. Um, but I, any James, I any heard, uh, Minnesota? go ahead. Yeah. Just the thought on the Yankees was I did hear someone say they're more focused on getting the Aaron judge extension buttoned up than they are worried about getting Soto, which rightfully so. I mean, that's your guy. He's on pace to be MVP. Uh, so that's it. It's going to be a huge sweepstakes to watch. He may get traded at this deadline. He may not depending yeah. on what offers come in. Deadline um, is so August. We'll follow 2nd. it. August 2nd. This is, we're recording this July 21st, less than two weeks away. And yeah, like you said, he, he could not be traded. It's very possible. He'll go into his third or fourth year arbitration, I think. And just real quick, because we talked about Patrick Corbin being one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Um, I want to give a special shout out to one of my least favorite pitchers, least favorite people in baseball who got DFA'd for a second time this season and that is Dallas blame my teammates Keiko uh, only pitched for Arizona in four games had a not nine point something ERA two losses two no decisions they were like get the hell out of town DFA DFA twice in one season maybe you should focus on pitching and not blame your teammates Dallas Keiko just had to toss that in there no yeah definitely lock of the week James let's go to lock of the week um I feel like it's been a minute since we've done this. Uh, where are we at? How did we do last time? Didn't we both lose? We lost last time we spot. lost to to snap our streak. We're both sitting at a six and seven record uh, currently. So in, in the space to pull back, even um, tie things up, and, and we'll we'll see. I'm interested to see where we go because things feel it's almost a rebirth of the season. Um, at the timeline we're working, you know, not all the lineups and pitchers are announced, kind of easing back into the sport. Um, some good matchups this weekend. I want to see where, where you're going. Yeah, I'm looking at a ton of matchups right now as we're speaking, trying to think of what I like. Um, it's so weird when we do this segment because when we say lock of the week, like I could just pick like 
Brewers over the Rockies at home at minus 267. Yeah, probably a lock, but we got to make it a little bit frisky here. Um, a series I'm super interested in is uh, this Astros Mariners series. Obviously, Astros going to Seattle. Mariners have won. I, I forget exactly. I think it's 14, but it might be. They're 15. 14 straight going for 15. They're going for 15. Uh, and in that game, it's their first sellout since opening day. So the tide is turning. Mariners are unreal. And they currently sit nine and a half games out behind Houston in the AL West. And they do own the second wildcard spot. So I, I do think I'm going to go in this direction. And I'm going to pick the Saturday matchup because it's extremely exciting. Justin Verlander versus Logan Gilbert in Seattle. Give me the Mariners. Give me the Mariners. I think I think they're going to go through this series. Um, I think this will be their 16th straight win. I think they'll win tomorrow. Get a huge matchup against my AL Cy Young pick, Justin Verlander. Logan Gilbert's going to get it done. And Mariners win. Odds aren't out, but I, I don't know what to expect these odds to be, um, right? Because, like, the pitching matchup's pretty even. Mariners are hot, and the Mariners are at home. But the Astros are the better team. But whatever it is, give me Seattle. I like Logan Gilbert and the Mariners. I like the pick. I'm a little interested that you want Seattle side, though. I know you're a big Verlander guy. He's looked hot. Um, we'll see. So you think they win 16? I'm curious because one of my bets, uh, one of my bets that I'm kicking around involves game 17 um, or what would be game 17. I can't decide between that or a little bit of a hometown pick. Um, so I'm going to do it to start it off. You know, I've been kind of on my Dodgers box. So we're going to keep it that way. Talked about the garbage organization that Hunter Pence is like so excited. Like, go back to your wheelchair, Grandpa. Stop. You're playing men's softball. Stop talking. Um, and in honor of that, I've got the Saturday matchup. You have the San Francisco Giants coming to town, coming to Los Angeles. Dodgers have not announced the pitcher. That is how confident I am just in this offense because that it could be a real roller coaster. It could be an Andrew Heaney game, his first game back from the I, uh, IL, which would be really bad for me because I've got the Dodgers money line. They're going up against Alex Wood, former Dodger. Normally he pitches really, really well against the Dodgers, but I'm anticipating eventually that's got to turn. I think the pressure being home, you know, he's going to have some tears for what could have been. And I think he gets shelled. Boys were scorching hot before the all-star break. I like them to they keep were. the progress. I've said before, I think they sweep it. This is going to be one of those games. Dodgers money line in the Saturday matchup. I like it. I like it. We're getting close to the end of the season. I mean, I know it's an all-star break, but a lot of these teams, 94, 95 games in, you know, it's going to start getting super competitive. I'm pretty excited. Um, but I've got Mariners on Saturday. You have the Dodgers over the Giants. On what day was that, Sunday? I have the Saturday matchup Saturday, as well. So we both got Saturday uh, games. And that is uh, 7.15 Eastern time is the start time on that game. So Saturday, be a big day, lock of the week. We're trying to bounce back, uh, bring it open. Actually, no, I'm feeling even more confident. I'm upgrading my money line to minus one and a half. Give me Dodgers by two. Saturday, July 23rd. Max, I love your bet. The other one I was kicking around would have involved me picking one of the 
most classless organizations in sports. So glad I didn't have to do that. And how about we finish with the Sunday night baseball pick them. Um, starting now, we will run a poll on our Twitter and on some of the baseball communities we're in kind of getting a feel for what people think. And then we'll give our picks as well here. Pretty good one. Padres at City Field versus the Mets. I'm looking now at the starters. It looks like it's Joe Musgrove versus Carlos Carrasco. We'll see. You know, I, I feel like we've said these are the probable pitchers and they've changed before. This is pretty interesting because I think the Padres clearly have the pitching advantage. Joe Musgrove has been very good this year. It's a 2-4-2 ERA, but the game is in City Field in New York. First Sunday night baseball after all-star break and the Mets obviously are one of the top teams in baseball and the Padres have been slipping late but so I, I think this feels pretty even to me it really does so I'll throw it to you first James Padres Mets where are you going no question here for me you know Joe I know Joe you know Joe we know Joe Joe Musgrove gets it done Sunday night baseball city field I like where he's at Padres have been questionable, as you said, but behind a great start, I think they'll find a way. I'm with you. I like the Padres. I just like the pitching matchup more. I think the Padres could get to Carrasco early. And Musgrove, I just he he always feels like he's cool, calm, and collected under pressure on the road. He's thrown a no-no on Sunday Night Baseball before. I, I like Musgrove to, to hold down the four. Padres win it. We got the same pick so we're either starting 0-for-1 or 1-for-0 on this uh, initiative. Again, as Max said, we're going to drop some polls. We'll have some graphics out to see, show the results of those polls. Pretty excited, just kind of trying to drum up interest and get you all to tune into Sunday Night Baseball as well. Let's do it, James. Well, that concludes our first episode post-All-Star break, episode 53. This video, this episode will be out on YouTube. James, I see you have something to say, please. I do. The one thing I would like to add, again, will be on YouTube uh, and clips and the full video. Really excited about that. Please give us any feedback, anything you want to see. Also, a change that we may have touched on, but just want to re-cement now that we're back into it. We have changed our content schedule. We will now only be releasing one episode per week for the foreseeable future. Uh, we want to give time to, to get it out there and the exposure and really not bog you guys down with uh, so much content that you're getting stressed about it. So let us know what you think, how the cadence is, um, and we'll take it from there. But again, really excited to be back into this back half. Playoffs will be here before you know it. As you mentioned, probably do a special episode for the trade deadline. Then just like yeah. that, that final push, break it down, and uh, we're getting close to fall classic. I feel it coming. Couldn't be more excited. James, it was good. Episode 53. What's our YouTube? A rounding third? Our YouTube is rounding third. Awesome. Very easy. There you go. Talk to Thank you, you guys everyone. Next week. Always a pleasure talking ball.